Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Really quick, before we get started here this month, I'm helping to support John Lee Dumas's brand new journal, The Mastery Journal, which you can find at themasteryjournal.com slash pat. This is here to help you master productivity, focus, and discipline in just 100 days. It's off to the races, an amazing start and Kickstarter. You gotta check it out. Again, that link is themasteryjournal.com slash pat. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 253. Let's talk. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he'd have a unibrow if it wasn't for his pair of tweezers, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today. This is session 253 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, somebody who I've gotten to know very well recently, and she's amazing, one of the smartest people I've gotten to know uh, this past year. But before we get to that, I have to tell you about this thing that's in my hands right now. I'm holding it, and it's gorgeous, and it's called the Mastery Journal from John Lee Dumas. You may have heard of his Freedom Journal, uh, which was an amazingly successful Kickstarter campaign. Well, he's running his Kickstarter campaign for the next journal, the next step, which is going to help you master productivity and focus in the next 100 days. You can check it out at themasteryjournal.com slash pat. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. For now, let's talk about Selena Sue. You may have heard this name before. She's become well-known in the online business and entrepreneurship space. She is a coach of coaches. She helps coach people in the seven-figure range, and she's with us on the show today to talk about not just the importance of building relationships and finding influencers and connecting with those people. I think we all know that that is important, and that can absolutely help us grow and expand our business, but more into the how do we do that. You may have heard people say, oh, well, just go out, reach out to them, start that relationship, provide value to them. Well, how do you do that? Well, we dive deep into what those answers are. And during the second half of the show, we actually do something fun where I come at her with a particular angle, sharing a hypothetical product that I'm going to come out with. And she shares how she would actually get that thing noticed and out there and into the hands of those prospects and customers. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. So without further ado, here is Selena Sue. That's S-O-O from selenasue.com. Here we go. 
What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Selena Sue here on the SPI podcast today. Selena, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Pat. You know, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this. We are in a Facebook group together uh, and a big shout out to all the other group members there. I think you, you all know who you are and I told them that we were doing this together and everybody was so excited for it. And I can't wait because you guys, Selena has some amazing business knowledge to share. Uh, she's a publicity strategist for experts and authors and coaches. She has a ton of experience. And so, uh, Selena, when somebody asks you, you know, what do you do? What, do you, what, is, it, what is it that you tell them exactly? Sure. Yeah. So I told them that I'm a business and publicity strategist for um, experts, authors, and coaches. And basically, I help them get known, get more clients, and ultimately help them reach millions of people. Well, I think this is something uh, I think everybody who's listening wants more of. Um, and so in terms of where to start, I mean, how, in, in terms of, I mean, there's a billion and one ways to get more traffic and get more exposure to you. What is the most important way one can begin to grow their business and get exposure out there? Sure. I mean, I think that number one thing um, really comes down to developing relationships. So I can share a bit about my personal story um, and I can share more about what my clients and students have done. Please. Um, but yeah, so when I first started out, obviously I did not know anyone, but for years I had been admiring people like Marie Forleo, Danielle Laporte, and Ramit Sethi from afar. And um, when I was in my mid-20s, I you know, had a quarter-life crisis. I wasn't really happy. And so I was, you know, going to these women's life coaching circles and, you know, looking to learn from all these different experts. And I just really felt like it was people like them that were truly changing the world. You know, people um, who were helping people think differently about their purpose, their careers, starting a business, um, how to have better relationships and health. And so I was always just really drawn to those personalities. And for me, you know, when I meet someone who's amazing, I want to tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of became this like unofficial publicist. And, um, you know, over time, I actually had a chance to meet, um, you know, many of the people that I admired. So I live in New York City. And um, this is a pretty crazy story. But one day I was walking home from a summer internship. I was in grad school at the time. And I saw Ramit Sethi on the street. And I went up and introduced myself to him. And he was kind of shocked because he wasn't expecting it. I was like, you know, walking home and he was right outside his apartment mm -hmm. um, and just letting his parents into a car. And I don't really look like the typical IWT reader. Um, you know, I'm a female. But that's probably one of the main things. I just knew so much about his book and his courses. And we had so much to talk about. And then I started going to these um, meetups that he invited me to. And I met Derek Halper in there. And, um, you know, through Ramit and other people, I got connected to Marie Forleo. Um, and, you know, there's lots of different stories around different relationships that I built prior to starting my business. Um, but a lot of it really just came down to me, um, you know, being willing to approach the people that I admire, find ways to add value to them. And then when I did launch my business, you know, on day one, my website had testimonials from Marie Forleo and from Danielle Laporte. Um, and I had Ramit. Sati telling people about my work and magazine editors endorsing my work. And so I think there's a, a wow. couple of things there. One is what I talked about, you know, just, um, you know, being someone who's a giver and adding value to people, people will naturally want to help you. And when I, um, you know, asked people like Marie, if they would be willing to offer a testimonial for my website, she was actually so happy that I had asked her because she wanted to give back. So that's one thing. And then, you know, the second thing is not waiting for things to happen. Like, don't wait for opportunities, but actually create opportunities. So I remember people saying to me, wow, that's amazing that you've got a testimonial from Marie. I can't believe it. 
And some of these people were like in her high end, you know, 20 to $30,000 mastermind. Um, and they probably could have asked her for one too, but they just didn't think to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I built relationships with all these people is I proactively identified ways to give back and added value. Um, and so when you create all this goodwill and you showcase, I guess, your expertise by helping people, um, then you develop a reputation. So for me, um, that's definitely been the biggest thing in getting visibility. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the most popular blog posts on SPI is about relationship building and that as a way to actually get more exposure. And it, it's it's popular for a reason because this stuff actually works. And I, w- I would agree with you, the lowest, the, 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 I don't want to say lowest hanging fruit because it does take a lot of work. It's not just like you can say to yourself, oh, I'm going to build relationships and then it all of a sudden happens. There's some work involved, obviously, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But in terms of to get the most bang for your buck, and it's also fun to just get to meet new people and kind of get uh, you know vibes from others and, and help grow your companies and businesses together. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the people that I've been willing to meet and, and who have uh, met with me and, and we've talked and built relationships over time. And you've mentioned a few things there. The, the, the first part is, you said you have to be willing to approach people. And I think that that goes along with you just, you need to want it and you you need to go and get it. And I think a lot of people out there know that, that they have to go and build these relationships. But when it actually comes time to doing that, the fear starts to come in, you know, that resistance. Oh, who am I to go up to so-and-so? How Like, they're just gonna think I'm a a grunt. Like, I, I have nothing of value to add. Like, how would you respond to somebody who says, Selena, like, I just don't, I'm too afraid to go up to somebody. Right. I mean, I absolutely get where people are coming from. I mean, I myself am actually a really big introvert and I do get so excited about the people that I admire that I can understand like the nerves. Um, but I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind. So one of my favorite sayings, um, and it's a, it's a mindset thing, but the moment you put someone on a pedestal is the moment you start, they start looking down on you. And so it's not to say that we can't appreciate and admire people, but if we're approaching someone in our head, we've got this internal dialogue, like who am I to talk to them? I'm nothing. I've accomplished you know, nothing in my career. I'm just a beginner. What could I have to offer? They're a much bigger deal. I don't want to bother them. Like we're bringing that kind of um, negative energy and unbalanced dynamic into the relationship. I mean, the thing is we're all equal as people. And I know for um, you know me and many others, like we love talking to people who appreciate our work. It's something that is so enjoyable to do. In fact, you know, when I'm at an event and someone comes up to me and will say, um, you know, I'm so excited to come to this event when I saw that you were a speaker or I'm on your newsletter list. I love that recent email that you shared about X, Y, Z. Like all of a sudden they're the most interesting person in the room to me. And, you know, the truth is that, um, you know, we care about people who care about us. And so part of it is, yeah, understanding that, you know, the people that we admire do want to hear from us, um, but we have to, you know, just approach them um, and show them that we appreciate them. So those are just some of the first steps. But I think that when you've got that mindset, it really helps. And then another thing is I also tell myself, like, what is the worst that can happen? Yeah. I mean, there have been situations where I've been in the room with very influential people. I know that if I don't say hi now, I might never see them again. And so let me just go up to them and just say hi and talk to them for like a minute or two. And yeah, I mean, really, what's the worst that could happen? Totally. I mean, one thing I tell myself when I'm in a situation, I'm, I'm an introvert just like you, and some people might, might might be surprised by that. But when I go to an event and I see somebody that I really want to speak to, I start to get you know, clammy hands and I start to freak myself out. And I, and one thing I've taught myself over time is not only to ask myself what 
what's the worst that can happen? Because when you truly think about that answer, I mean, what, it's, it's not always as bad as you think. I mean, maybe they just say no or they don't have time right now and that's it. But the other thing that I share with myself and, and that I love to share with all of you, and I think I've shared this before, is uh, this thing called the three second rule, which is you don't give yourself more than three seconds to psych yourself out. So if you see somebody and you wanna meet them, you don't give yourself uh, less than three seconds to go up and, and talk to them. Now, if they're across the room, you don't want to sprint to get in <laughs> in there like in three seconds. You you would probably freak them out. But just don't give yourself more than three seconds to question yourself. You just go and do it. And it's funny because I remember when I was first starting out and I was so intimidated by all these uh, amazing entrepreneurs like you were. Um, I, I put myself in those situations and then I started talking to these people and they were all super friendly and cool and they were just like me, you know, they, they, they're, they're, you know, we, we, like you said, put them on a pedestal and we think they're rock stars and they are, but they're also human beings just like us too. Absolutely. So, okay, from there, you, you had mentioned, okay, be, being willing to approach people, getting over that fear, three second rule, what's the worst that can happen, all that stuff. Now, when you start to build these relationships, you had mentioned the importance of adding value. And I think you said that four or five times. And I think that begs the, uh, the, the follow-up question, which is, well, how do we do that? I think that, that that is a phrase that a lot of people say, and I think we all know now, but how do you, Selena, add value? Like, how did you do that when you met uh, Marie and, and Ramit? Um, I think a lot of people would love to, to know the secrets to that. Sure. Um, so the first thing I'll say is when I think of someone who's influential, I think of them as a trainer right? A busy person is like a train. They're on a track and they're headed to a particular destination. Mm -hmm. And the train may stop for a couple of moments to open up its doors and let new people on, but then it's, you know, going to its intended destination. And so with every person that you're trying to connect with, you know, we're all busy and we can only really um, oftentimes develop deep relationships with people that can help us get to our destination somewhere or another. So I always, you know, think about, and I guess it's kind of, it's become very natural to me. It's very um, clear to me, like how I can help people the most. And the thing is that most of us have the same goals. You might think like, oh, I'm not a mind reader. How could I know what Ramit Sethi wants or Marie Forleo wants or Pat Flynn wants, but we all want the same things. And so some of the things that people want are they want to, you know, get more publicity and um, create buzz around their business. They want people to be talking about their business. Um, people want to get you know, one-on-one -on -one clients or fill up their group programs. Um, certain people want to get book deals or when they've got their book deal, they want everyone to know about their book. Um, and so, you know, the list goes on and on, but there are certain things that are pretty common, especially if you're um, looking to approach a particular type of entrepreneur. So um, I always keep that in mind. And for me, it's like really fun to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and especially in a big way, because I think to stand out, you can't do what everyone else is doing. Otherwise you'll become forgettable. Um, but I think about a time when Ramit sent me an email while I was in business school and he was redesigning his website. And he was like, you know, I've got these two different home pages. was wondering if you'd have like, you know, um, a minute to take a look and let me know what you think, you know, um, if you're too busy, no worries. And I remember being in actually my entrepreneurship class and I was so excited. I was like, Ramit Sethi wants my advice. And I left the classroom and I went to the library and, um, I kind of gathered this focus group of, um, you know, students at NYU and we were going over the the pages that he had sent and, you know, coming up with feedback on the messaging and the copy and the positioning and everything. And I wrote to him later that night and I sent him like pages of really detailed, like super in-depth feedback oh, cool. after talking to over a dozen people. And 
he was blown away. Um, and he forwarded it to his team. And, you know, even though Ramit has never been an official client of mine, um, I've helped him in a number of different ways. And so he's able to get a sense of the quality of the work, how seriously I take these things, how much I really want to help people. Um, and so that's why he can, you know, he's able to recommend me. And so these are the kinds of things I do all the time. Um, Another thing that I did recently, which you know about because you were a part of it, is um, Marie Forleo got an award from a nonprofit called She's the First. And I just thought it would be so nice to get a full page ad in the event program to congratulate Marie for the contribution she's made to our industry and how she's really someone who's impacting millions and changing how people are doing business. And so I reached out to um, some close friends of hers and people that she admires to see if they'd want to be a part of the ad. And I also emailed my whole email list to give them a chance to participate. And we put together this really beautiful ad for her. And she was so surprised and so moved by it. Oh, yay. And yeah, and those things are so fun. And thank you, Pat, for you know wanting to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you did for me was you knew or heard through the grapevine somehow that I was traveling to New York for something. And you reached out to me and we were able to set up a dinner that you had put together with a number of other amazing entrepreneurs, some that I knew, some that I didn't know. And it was just a fantastic thing that I'm always going to remember. Um, and is probably part of the reason why you're here on the show right now, because I wanted to give back right. to you for, for what you did. So this stuff does uh, absolutely work. And so I'm curious, what, what are some things that one shouldn't do when it comes to, uh, you know, reaching out to their influencers and, and people they want to connect with? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes is that people don't put themselves in the other person's shoes. That's kind of like a running theme. And then within mm -hmm. that, there's mistakes people make. So, I mean, even going back to the example of, you know, you being in town, like I saw in your newsletter that you mentioned, I'm going to be in town to speak at a conference and I might have time to meet up with some readers. And I just thought, um, you know, like, that's great. So exciting that you're in town. Um, and you know, that you do want to meet up with people, but it would probably be harder for you to meet up with people one-on-one. -on -one. What if I create a party with tons of cool people that you would want to connect with, including your existing friends? So I kind of put myself in your shoes versus being like, hey, Pat, meet with me, mm -hmm. you know? And, and personally, you know, I, that's, you know, I prefer to kind of make it an opportunity that is like a massive win-win. Um, so yeah, so I think that when, you know, a couple of things, like when people are reaching out to influencers they admire, you know, they've been following them for a while. They have so much to say um, and they kind of feel like this is their one shot. And so it's not uncommon for people to send very long emails, um, emails that maybe are, you know, 13 paragraphs long, that have got multiple questions and ideas in them. I mean, I remember one time I was sending an email to my list and I, I don't even know if I was asking for a response, but a lot of people did respond. And one person sent me an email that was super long like that. And I was in the middle of a launch and I, you know, had like a couple hundred of pe people who wrote to me and I really do try my best even at this stage to write back to every single person personally. It's really, you know, coming from me, every email is different. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I was not obviously able to match like the 13 paragraph email. My email was quite short and, um, the person wrote back and was really angry at me. She was like, clearly you didn't even read my email. And I just kind of explained, <laughs> I did read your email. I appreciate it, but you know, I, you know, I had to explain that. So mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people in their communications are like writing things that are way too long, or sometimes they're emailing people and they're super vague. Um, so I've had situations where someone would write to me like we're best friends and I'm like, wait a minute. And I type in their name and I see that they've sent me several emails, but their emails were like one word things like, 
great webinar or love it. And it's so nice to hear that. But at the same time, they're not making themselves remembered by us. Um, So that's another key thing to really keep in mind. Another thing that I feel like is a big mistake is that you give off this feeling that you're only building the relationship to get something back in return. And this is a mm-hmm. hard thing to balance, right? It, because I think a lot of influencers just know that people are going to approach them because they want something else back in return. How do you advise people to build these relationships knowing that, you know, hopefully one day something will come back in return, but you don't give off that feeling and you actually do in an honestly and authentic, genuine way actually help people and provide value? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like what you said about like, hopefully one day, because that's really the way that we should be thinking about things. It's like, yes, when we're connecting with people that we admire, we're connecting with them because there are these natural synergies, there's potential collaboration opportunities or ways to, ways to support each other. Um, you know, at the same time, these people are being asked to do things all the time. And you don't want to be that person who is just asking, 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 you want to be the person that is giving. And, um, you know, a valuable person that actually they would want to be able to help you. Um, So I think it's really important to consider the kind of request you're asking for. Um, So if you're asking someone for a testimonial, um, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Like, does it make sense for them to give you a testimonial? You know, I'm sure everyone would like a testimonial from someone super famous, um, but if they don't know you that well, they just had a couple of interactions or you just happen to be a student, you know, it's going to be hard for them to endorse your work because then theoretically every single student in their program could ask for a testimonial, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're someone who's been a service provider or a coach to them, or you've helped them with a significant project that may be appropriate. So it's not even like, you know, you have to first kind of like think about, is it even appropriate for me to ask for this particular thing at, um, this time? And another thing that is really key is just the language you use, because I think the number one thing that all of us care about is that we don't want to burn the relationship by making the other person feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so to make the person feel more comfortable, you know, you want to come off, um, you know, is that you're not overly attached to the outcome, which you shouldn't be, you know, so maybe it's something like, Hey, you know, I just want to run this idea by you. Um, and I kind of run the idea and see if they're interested or not versus like, can you do this? Yeah. Or, you know, what do you think about this? I find that even those small tweaks make a really big difference. Oh, I like that. That's that's great advice. Um, let, let's shift gears here. I'd love to sort of present a few scenarios to you and have you respond with how I might be able to, I being sort of the hypothetical situation, um, <laughs> okay. like be able to get the best publicity, because that's, that's sort of your specialty is, you know, how to get more publicity. And we talked about the importance of relationships. I think no matter what you're doing, um, you you should try and build relationships over time. But I think depending on what your goals are, you're going to have different ways and methods to get even more publicity. So let's say, you know, scenario number one, um, and this is more of a selfish ask, uh, because I am coming mm-hmm. out with another book in the, in the near future. Uh, but I also know people in, in my audience, most of them are writing books or have written books or have a book in them. So I'm, I'm writing a book. How do I get the most publicity to get the most readers for my book? Sure. Okay. So when people are looking for book PR, there's like a couple of things I think about. So, you know, when you're selling a book, I mean, usually a book's about $20. Um, that is something that would be interesting to a mass audience. Um, you know, there's a lot of people I find that, um, you know, are selling high-end programs like a $5,000 or $10,000 program. They're thinking that being in a magazine or on TV would move the needle. And, you know, it's a great credibility marker, but those are not your ideal buyers. You know, people in magazines are looking to buy 
$20 books and things like that. So if you're looking to write a book, then I do think mainstream media is important and can really help you with a big um, book advance. And it also gets your audience really excited. Like, oh my gosh, Pat was featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes and so forth. Mm -hmm. So those are the things I would think about for for books. And then the other thing I would... um, think about is, yeah, of course, you know, where are your ideal clients hanging out? And I mean, I seriously think that podcasts are one of the very best forms of publicity because people who listen to podcasts, like they're serious, you know, they're not just like skimming through a magazine casually at the dentist's office. They are choosing to invest, you know, 30 minutes or an hour of their time to really improving themselves and learning new ideas. Totally. Um, and, and so if your book is like on a business topic or self-help topic, um, then podcast listeners are going to love it. And also the cool thing about podcasts is these are not um, media companies with lots of very strict rules. You know, with certain media companies like magazines, you can't be too promotional. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you should be buying an advertisement. Whereas podcasters um, are, you know, really open, you know, oftentimes to finding ways to support um, these entrepreneurs on their show and give shout outs to their books, send people to opt-in pages to get more information. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, yeah, I mean, podcasts do drive a lot of sales. So those are the things that I would think about in your situation. Very nice. Okay, so podcasting, getting on other people's shows, obviously the relationships that you build will, will help for that. But in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, let's say I wanted to get in magazines and mainstream media, what what's like a tip or two you have for me to be able to talk about my book on TV or in a magazine? Yeah, sure. Um, so one thing that I recommend people do is sign up for a newsletter service called Harrow, which stands for Help a Reporter Out. And so, um, you know, every day you'll get emails um, based on stories that reporters are currently working on and they're looking for experts and sources. So um, if you can insert yourself again into this influencer's goal, that's one way to kind of get into a story. Um, And then, of course, like sometimes, you know, you're going to want to have a story just about your book. Um, And so in that case, you would pitch someone directly. And again, if you've spent time before your book launch to build some relationships, that can really help. Maybe you've been featured in a particular outlet before um, and now you're coming back and you're saying, hey, I've got an update. I've got this book coming out. Um, That can really help. But other times we don't have the relationship and that's okay. Um, I find that it can be helpful to go through these magazines, media kits, and they're online and they're online because advertisers want to see, you know, what's the theme of each issue and how can we plug ourselves in? So you can just literally type in the words, let's say, um, you know, entrepreneur magazine media kit, and that will come up. Um, sometimes they ask for your name and email, which is fine. They're not going to contact you. It's just like to collect advertiser information and you'll see what their themes are for every single issue. So there was, um, I remember looking at Oprah magazine and there was one issue that was on technology and money. And I remember thinking, oh, that's perfect. Like Ramit Sethi has an app called Negotiate It. And so then I pitched at that point and, um, you know, it was received because it was timely and it showed that I was paying attention, it tied back into something. So you might want to like take a look at the media kits and then also think about, um, does your book tie into something timely that is happening in the world right now? or something that is seasonal. So if you've got a relationship book, you know, a great time to launch that would be Valentine's Day because that's already the existing conversation that you can plug yourself into. Or if it's entrepreneurship, you know, there are like um, months like, you know, um, entrepreneurship month or a certain kind of entrepreneurship day. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, thinking of ways to tie it into the existing media conversation. 
Yeah, and you have to realize that these journalists and, and people in, in TV and, and magazines, they're, they need content, you know, because their stuff has mm-hmm. to come out. And if you can get in front of them and show them that you, you're the thing that should be featured, then absolutely. I mean, it, when, when I started thinking about it that way, it really opened up my eyes for all the opportunities that are actually out there. And, and, and it becomes this more, um, you know, you're living in an abundant world where th- there's all these opportunities. So that's that's great. Okay, so we, t- we took care of the book route. Let's say, for example, now scenario number two, um, that I am creating an online course and mm-hmm. I would love to get as many students in there as possible for my upcoming launch. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I think if someone has an online course, their ideal targets are students who take other online courses. And so you want to think about um, how can you be a star student in programs that you're already involved in, right? Like that's something that is very powerful. Um, And even though maybe, you know, there are not millions of people in the online course, there may be a couple hundred or a couple thousand that are super targeted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I know that for every course creator, um, you know, even if they've been successful in the thing they're teaching, they need to show it's not just me, there's other people too. Um, And so they are literally searching for students to publicize and promote and to say, oh, look at my successful student that went from, you know, um, you know, A to Z and got this kind of result. Um, and so if you're a successful student, sometimes, you know, your, um, your teachers, they may promote you in Facebook ads. They may highlight you in the groups you're in. They may send newsletters about you. You may be incorporated into launches. And of course, like their launch might not tie in with, you know, when, when you're launching something, but that's just something to really keep in mind. And again, like these people who are teachers and mentors, they're people, they've got audiences and they've got lists. They might even be willing to promote and become an affiliate. So I'd say that's something really to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they may have podcasts or guest post opportunities. So like really focus on, you know, where the students are hanging out, which is around other course creators. Um, and again, I think that podcasts are really good because, um, you know, investing in a course is a big decision. I mean, you know, I mean, courses are different price points. For me, you know, most of my courses are actually the $3,000 price point. So that's, you know, above kind of the industry average. It's a, it's a big deal for people. And I don't expect you to send out a link and say, buy the course, you know, maybe if it was um, something else, you know, that was like five bucks, it's like a no brainer thing, but this is something that really people have to consider. And so um, for me, like, I love doing podcast interviews. I don't have my own podcast, but I go on other people's podcasts and I use that as content for my audience. Um, so what I do, and also when you're selling courses, it's not just like the cart is open. The selling really needs to begin and the relationship needs to begin the moment that people join your email list, right? Because that's mm-hmm. when they're most excited about you. And so um, what I do with my nurture sequence is I put my best pieces of you know media and publicity in my nurture sequence. So I know that everybody gets it. So if I did an interview that I know really moved people and helped people and really showcase my expertise, um, I'll make sure that's in the nurture sequence. And so right away, they're like, oh, wow, this sounds amazing. I want to learn from this particular person. So leveraging key um, you know, guest post pieces and podcasts, putting that in nurture sequences. You can also put that in a pre-launch sequence. 
Um, because when you're about to launch something, you should be more active and engaged with your audience and they should be hearing more about you, thinking about you. And then for me, you know, when the cart was about to close one of my programs, I said, you know, I know it's a big decision, um, to join the program and I want you to make the most informed one. And for some of you, you're just learning about me, um, you know, for the first time, you know, people sometimes would join your list just a couple weeks before the launch begins. And Mm -hmm. so I would say like, you know, here are two of my best podcast interviews for you to get to know me better, where I talk about the particular topic, um, that, that we're covering in the course. And so, you know, with webinars, um, not, I mean, obviously not everybody in the list is going to attend your webinar. Um, a lot of people sign up, um, and they don't show up, um, or maybe they try to listen to the recording and don't get around to it. So like, I mean, I love webinars and a lot of my sales come from that, but I'm not capturing my full audience. But when I share podcast interviews and powerful guest posts um, that share content that is going to um, really help them and impress them, but also where they're like, oh, it's not just Selena who's saying she's the best. It's Andrew Warner who's interviewing her and saying, hey, this mm-hmm. someone you need to pay attention to. It's Business Insider. It's John Lee Dumas. Like, that's really important. And I think, um, you know, one thing I want to add to this is right now, a lot of people are focused on Facebook ads. And I I, I mean, I think that Facebook ads are great and that people, you know, should consider putting, you know, um, some time and attention towards them. But at the same time, you know, it's different for you to kind of blast out and, you know, to the world, like I'm the best, you know, opting for my gift. And it's different when you've got these third party endorsements from podcast hosts and big media brands that have spent decades building prestige and credibility and you incorporate that into your launches. Yeah, I love that. I think it was Mark Zuckerberg, actually, obviously owner of Facebook who or founder of mm-hmm. Facebook who said there's no better recommendation than than one that comes from a trusted friend or that that yes. come, one that comes with a friend and so if you can find the friends that would then endorse you it's going to mean much more and it's going to be almost like free marketing if you will um, instead of having to pay for ads that may or may not convert and I know ads are sexy and they're they're fun because you can get to a point where you're trading quarters for dollars and dollars for five dollars and things like that but um, you know, you, I, I think you're right. Getting into the webinars uh, and the other people's podcasts is great. I think the the strategy you mentioned, where you know, for people who don't buy off of your webinar mm-hmm. and people who mm-hmm. maybe don't even attend your webinar because you know life gets in the way, sending them to a podcast is great because you're giving them still the ability to build that relationship with you, even when they're not there uh, watching live, but they're listening to you and you're your voice and they're getting to know you. And like you said, they're getting this third party endorsement about you. And so that might help that person who's on the fence actually end up buying, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I'll add is that, you know, doing a podcast interview is a lot easier, um, from a time and effort perspective oh, yeah. than creating <laughs> like say a three part video series that you want to perfectly script and you're you know bringing in a videographer and choreographing the whole thing. Um, it's just showing up and talking. And the thing with podcast interviews that are so great is, you know, it's like people are listening into a conversation. It's, you know, it's real, like they can really connect with someone and, you know, video series, they definitely have their place, but it's just, it's a different feeling. And so sometimes, you know, these more casual conversations can be more effective. Um, and then the the last thing, you know, I'll say about the, um, you know, publicity piece, or one of the last things is that, you know, people are more likely to share on Facebook, you know, wow, my mentor, my friend is in business insider. Oh my gosh, this person landed an interview on smart passive income. Check it out. 
they're more likely to do that than be like, hey, check out this person's opt-in page or hey, show up for their webinar. Um, And so it's a really great way. It's like, you know, you're getting publicity just by being featured. um, But, you know, is this something that people in your audience will be excited to promote? And there are certain ways that you can encourage them to promote it as well through your newsletter and and um, there's all sorts of things, but you can really leverage that publicity. So it's reaching so many more people. Love that. I love that. Sweet. Well, let, let's move on to one more scenario, if, I'm, if I may. And yeah. that, that, that is, let's say I uh, am an expert in something and I want to share that expertise, not with a group, uh, you know, a large group in a course, kind of, you know, kind of creating the online course and not being always as accessible. I want to be very accessible, but I also want to charge a lot of money for it, as one should mm. if you're charging for accessibility. So this is more like, high-end coaching. So I'm, I'm, I'm now looking for not the person to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars or, you know, even a thousand dollars for a membership site or a course, but I want, I want somebody to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to, be, to, to, to work with me, to have me hold them accountable, to walk them through the steps of something. How do I find those people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So let's say you're, you have a 5,000, you know, dollar coaching package. Um, one thing that I like to do is have people email their email lists if they have them. And if they don't, I have another option for them, but to ask them, you know, who are, um, your favorite experts that you follow in this particular area? And then you could also ask, um, you know, what are your favorite blogs and podcasts in this particular area? And then you can, also, um, you know, survey and get more information about, you know, the person who is submitting it. And then you can see like, well, all my audience is listening to this particular podcast. They're all reading this blog or they all admire this particular person. Um, let me see where that expert is being featured, right? That leaves a lot of clues. Um, the other thing is if you don't have an email list, you can, um, you know, post it on Facebook or you can post it inside Facebook groups, but you also want to, um, get, you know, that input from the right people. Because if you're an entrepreneur, you know, who is selling online courses, let's say on webinars, you know, you don't need to know that like your friend from high school loves reading people magazine, you know, so it might be like for my, you know, um, entrepreneur friends or for my online course creators out there. And then, you know, posing that question. And so rather than kind of scratching your head and figure out where should I be, you know, where should I be seen? Just you know, ask your ideal people um, where they're already spending their time. Yeah, I like that. And again, for everybody listening, we're not talking about how to sell more of your your course. I think it's obvious that, or, or your coaching, it's obvious that if you have a list, you, you start with your list, right? And Or if you have existing customers in your uh, digital course that you can go back to your customers and ask them to potentially mm-hmm. spend more money with you to get even more access to you in higher level coaching. That, I think that, that that's obvious. What we're talking about here is getting new people to realize that we have these things to offer. And I think that's that's really smart. So speaking to your people and asking, well, you know, where else do you go for information Um, and being able to align sort of your audience with with their audience, right? Right. And then the other thing I would, um, you know, add to that when you're looking for high-end clients is um, kind of like the more, um, the busier and more kind of advanced in business or, you know, that person may be, um, the less time they have. And so, um, you know, someone is less likely to listen to a one hour podcast interview, um, you know, versus, you know, um, skimming through a guest post, you know, so if you're in ink and you're talking about your top tips on productivity, more people are likely to click that and spend kind of 
you know, a couple of minutes reading it versus listening to the full podcast interview. Um, so I think it's good to have different types of media because everyone has different preferences. Um, but you know, with the, if you were to do a guest post, you could also share the full guest post or a portion of it in your newsletter. And what I really like about guest posts is that you really have an opportunity to share your thought leadership ideas. You know, you really have control over what you say, um, whereas with other forms of media, let's say TV, you know, you're on TV for a couple of minutes um, and you might not be able to control like what, what they decide the um, segment is going to be about. And so, um, yeah, I do find that for high end clients, it's really good to, um, you know, have some guest posts in key places. And I've had people say things like, you know, when I, I read your article on Fast Company and the reason why they read it is because I shared it with my newsletter list. Otherwise, they wouldn't have read it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I make sure to put it in front of people. They're like, I read this thing in Fast Company. I read this thing on Business Insider. And it was a sign to me that I was meant to work with you. Um And so, you know, people in your audience get really excited when they see that you are um, being recognized as this expert. And um, it really does make a very big difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the high end clients, it's not going to be, you know, that's a big commitment to spend that much money with, with you. And if somebody finds you for the first time, likely they're not going to come at you and say, oh, I read that one article, bam, here's all this money. It's gonna take some time. And I think you had mentioned that you had had a conversation with people first. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I also know a lot of people who have gathered a lot of high-end clients through means like Snapchat, where they're having one-on-one conversations with people who have who initially found them somewhere, who followed them on Snapchat or Instagram or wherever. And then they started chatting with mm-hmm. each other through DMs and get it, you know, you as the influencer sort of learning more about this person, understanding more, showing that you are accessible, showing that you care, um, even providing a few tips here and there to a point where then when they see that you have this higher end thing to offer, they're going to feel like, oh yeah, I already got a, like a small taste of what it was like already. Like, heck yeah, I'm going to spend that money and I trust this person mm-hmm. already. So those DMs and those uh, messages between you and the potential client are really, really important. Yeah, that is really huge. Another thing I'll add with um, high-end clients is they tend to hire based on referral. Um, So, you know, they don't want to, you know, Google or even maybe ask a million people. Sometimes they will just ask a friend of theirs that's really connected, hey, who should I hire to design my website? Um, Or even if they do post it on, um, you know, like Facebook. um, Yeah, I mean, if, if certain person's name keeps coming up again and again, that's going to mean a lot to them. And so part of it is also just making it known that you're an expert in a particular area. Um, You know, for some people, um, and and actually for many of us, like there's a lot that we know about. If we're an online business owner, as we grow our business, we know about team, we know about webinars, we know about um, publicity, we know about podcasts, and we know about, you know, 17 different topics. But if you you know, it's hard to be known for 17 different things. It's hard to be the go-to person. So for me, like, you know, I want to be known as the person um, that helps people get more publicity and ultimately impact millions. And the person who helps others develop these high level um, influential relationships that opens up doors to the opportunities of a lifetime. But for me, it's all about brand building and visibility and those high level connections. Um, I mean, there's a lot that I could talk about team. There's a ton that I could discuss around business model. Um, you know, I'm very 
thoughtful and strategic about how I go about my business. And I've had the chance to work with so many seven figure entrepreneurs on their business. So I see what's happening and there's a lot I can share, but that's not the thing that I choose to be known for. Um, and it's, you know, it's on purpose. Yeah. So you're kind of putting your stake in the ground and saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to be the expert in. Even though I could be the expert in all these other things, nobody will trust me to, or nobody will hire me for something and spend a lot of money with me unless I were to actually say, Hey, this is who, who I am and what I can offer. Right, exactly. Yeah, love it, love it. Selena, we've been talking for about 40 minutes now, and I know your time is precious, and so I wanna uh, close up by asking you just one more question for everybody else out there listening who sees all this amazing success that you've had and you've helped other people have who are kind of in the trenches right now, they're struggling, they are seeing small bits of success here and there, but it's not quite moving at the pace that they want to. How would you help those people? How would you coach those people out of that trench into you know, more rapid success and, and exposure for their brand and, and more clients? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. I think the first thing is that if we want our businesses to up level, we have to invest in ourselves. Um, and so very early on, you know, I invested in a high end coach. I joined a mastermind program and that was really a game changer for me because that provided me with a network. And it also provided me, um, with the information I needed because I had a lot of information gaps in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a really smart idea to invest in, you know, online programs that have community because as you're growing your business, like there are so many questions that come up every single day. And so when you've got that community, you can get feedback, you know, in the moment from different people in the community. And also if the coach does Q and a calls or there's a coach that you've hired one-on-one, then you can get feedback from them too. Um, another thing that I think is really important is strategy. And I think that a lot of people struggle in their business because they simply don't have the right strategy and strategy includes a lot of things, including, it includes the offerings that you have. It includes how often you plan to launch them, what you want to be known for. And so sometimes when we have the wrong offerings or we decide to take a certain path, or we're doing 17 things at once, like we're not going to be successful. So sometimes it's actually less doing and taking more time to intentionally decide, okay, these are the few things I'm going to focus on and say yes to and go all in. And along the way, I'm going to get support from the communities I'm a part of and um, my mentors and colleagues and friends. So I know that for me, um, I've grown my business very intentionally. And I, I, I like to share it. There's a lot of things I don't do. And I like to share that because I don't want people to think that there is one particular formula for success. I mean, my website right now, I haven't updated it really since the day I started the business. I mean, I now have like a kind of a, um, you know, a, a, like I did one kind of update um, with the landing page and then they can scroll down and see the rest of the website. But the content is like from, you know, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even, yeah, fully up to date. I mean, it could be a million times better, but I don't spend my time there. Um, you know, I'm not on Instagram. I don't do Pinterest. I've never done a free challenge. I've never done a Facebook live. I've never done, you know, I'm not writing a book. And a lot of people say like, you know, you've got to do this. You must do this. And it's not true. I mean, I think there's many paths to success. It's kind of like, there's many ways to, you know, go to Chinatown. You could take the bus, you could, you know, take Mm -hmm. a helicopter, you could grab a ride with a friend, you can take the subway. So everyone's going to have their different path. I think it's really important to get clear on what are your natural strengths um, and also what are your preferences and what feels good to you and focus on that. So for me, 
Um, you know, I like writing newsletters to my list. I like doing podcast interviews and sharing that. That's the way that I choose to connect and engage with my audience. Um, and there's lots of amazing things that, you know, are great for many people. They're just not my, you know, uh, method, you know, preferred method of getting the word out about my work. Um, so I hope that, you know, people feel relieved hearing that, that you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Um, I've been able to grow a seven figure business, um, you know, by doing less. Um, so yeah, that would be my, my top tip is really the, the strategy piece. Yeah. Awesome. Selena, thank you so much. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours, um, but maybe we'll have to just invite you back on the show later on. And until then, where can people go? Uh, you actually have a couple gifts, actually, you, you had mentioned earlier to share with people. What, what, what are those things exactly? Yeah, sure. So um, at the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about things like um, going to events and connecting with people in person. So I created this guide um, called The Ultimate Guide to P Meeting People at Events. Um, and you can get that selenasu.com slash event guide. And um, there's over 24 tips. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's a really valuable guide. A lot of people um, have, you know, printed the guide and brought it to conferences with them or use that um, as their conference prep. Um, so something that I encourage you to check out. And then um, I also have another guide. You can get that at selenasu.com slash SPI. And it's about how I went from zero to 157K in my first year as a coach. Um, you know, I think that it's really important to um, see what other people have done because you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, success leaves clues. And so I really break down what I did in, um, year one. Um, and very early on, I actually launched a mastermind. Um, when I first, you know, launched as a year long program, it was $24,000 and I had, um, referral partners literally send mastermind clients to me. Um, and these people would enroll in my programs. And so I have like you know, how I developed these referral partner relationships, the exact script that I gave them or the email to forward along to prospects. Um, you know, I share a lot of detail also about my price points, um, how my program offerings change and how I price them. Um, so it's a very in-depth um, 31 page report. So if people want to check that out, they can go to selenasu.com slash SPI. Awesome. Thank you, Selena. We appreciate you and all the best of luck and congrats on all the amazing success. Thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Selena Sue. She mentioned a couple links there at the end, some giveaways, so selenasue.com slash event guide, and also selenasue.com slash SPI for how she was able to grow her business so massively fast in a, in a short period of time. So uh, obviously all the links that are mentioned in this episode can be found at the show notes, which uh, are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 253. Uh, those links include links to John Lee Dumas's brand new product, which is live on Kickstarter right now. You could check it out at themasteryjournal.com slash pat. What's cool about this is, you know, just imagine how it would feel to end every day feeling proud of the progress you've made uh, and, and everything that you've accomplished. Imagine how it would feel to have a plan in place for how you're going to get one step closer to accomplishing the goals and the projects that you've set for yourself for this year. You know, no more struggling with distractions. I have this book in hand myself and I've gone through it. I love the strategies that he's using to help people with their productivity and focus. And so I highly recommend you check it out. He also incorporates the Pomodoro technique and Parkinson's law to help you get more done than you ever thought possible. This is definitely a book for those who really want to succeed. And so again, one more time, check it out at themasteryjournal.com slash pat. 
He's got a number of different packages you can get involved with there. And uh, every time he reaches a funding goal, he's uh, writing a check on behalf of the Mastery Journal to support Pencils of Promise. So how can I not support this? This is amazing. TheMasteryJournal.com slash Pat. Also, I want to take a quick moment just to thank you. I don't know if you realize this, but you've had, you, the listeners, have made a massive impact on the direction of where Smart Passive Income has gone. Uh, as a result of you, I've been interviewing certain guests that you've recommended. As a result of uh, your recommendations, I've been tackling different topics that are, that are of high interest to you. Uh, in addition to that, I created a brand new podcast called Ask Pat, which you may have heard of before. And on that show, I answer voicemail questions from you as well. You can actually check that out at askpat.com. But that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. Obviously, Ask Pat, there needs to be questions in addition to my answers in order to make that show a success, and, and I'm so thankful that uh, it's there, and, and I have you to thank for that. I also have you to thank for pushing me to create some online courses to help you through a number of the, of the different problems and pains that you might be having with your online business, uh, the, the scaling of it, just even the start and the process of it. Um, even though there's a lot of great free information here via the podcast, I know, and I know this from my own experience as well, courses can be life-changing because you you purchase a course and you are just in that mindset of actually doing that thing that that course tells you to, to do. And I have a number of different courses available to you if that's the kind of thing you need in order to actually finally start getting results and taking action. So I know a number of you have already taken action, which is fine. Like I'm not trying to push these courses on you, but they are there and available for those of you who would much prefer to get that targeted information and the accountability and the handholding through those processes. So if you wanna check out and see all the courses that are available to you, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That's a page that's gonna continually grow over time as well. So keep checking back, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. I look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing you there. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I look forward to next week's episode where we actually don't have any guests on the show. It's just going to be you and me talking about something that I've been working on for quite a long time and sharing the lessons I've learned along the way. It's going to be very revealing. And I look forward to sharing those tidbits with you then. Until then, keep rocking. I appreciate you guys. See you in the next show. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.